Moving forward after that first meeting, there is something that connects two people and it changes everything. It does, that's right. Hello everyone and welcome back to the Discipleship Podcast at One Line. My name is Brittany McColgan. And I'm Nick Plasman. Good to be here with you today, Brittany. We are leading this podcast together, focusing on the discipleship rhythms and trainings and all things discipleship for One Line. And good to be with you all here today. Thanks for joining us today. Yes, thanks for being here. So Nick, will you remind us where we were at? Absolutely. We Last time we talked about identifying potential in somebody. Uh, we talked about recruiting them, what that looks like, having the I see in you conversation uh, and what to look for in somebody, and, as well as having that conversation. And then we talked about the steps, the five steps of moving somebody from a leader to a multiplying leader, moving somebody from a discipler to multiplying discipler, where you're, you're seeing your role as not just trying to train somebody or walk with somebody so they can do it, but also realizing that we're trying to, to train and equip somebody so that they can train and equip others. Today we're continuing that conversation by talking about after we've walked through those steps, we're in, we're in process with them, what does it look like to meet with them? What does a one-on-one look like? What does our very first one-on-one look like with somebody? That seems maybe daunting. Uh, what does it look like to have ongoing one-on-ones with somebody? And uh, what does it look like to have conversation with them? What kinds of things do we talk about in those spaces? And so we're gonna be talking through the rest of that and kind of wrapping up with our part two. All right, so first meeting, do you send them a note and says, do you wanna be my friend, check, yes or no? <laughs> yeah, yeah, so the, the five steps of apprenticeship are, uh, I do, you watch, we talk, that's step one. And the we talk part is what we're talking about. How do you meet with somebody? How do you talk with them? Uh, the very first meeting, I will just, I'll be a little prescriptive about it and say, let's find a space to meet. Um, I love coffee shops, I love restaurants or wherever you're comfortable with, maybe your local church has a space that you could meet but it should be in a place where both of you are comfortable. Um, both of you are fairly public, so it doesn't feel uh, o- overly private. Sure. Um, but a place where you can have a conversation. And so maybe a coffee shop, let's say Starbucks is a good place just to meet, grab coffee, have a conversation. And I would just at- invite somebody to say, hey, let's get together, let's grab coffee. I wanna hear a little bit more about your story. That's how I like to invite people into a, a, that first meeting. You're now giving away your secret, though. But I'm not. because. So the... anytime anyone <laughs> hears you say that, they're going to think, ah! <laughs> no, you're right. You're right. I think that is, that is, that's the secret sauce. <laughs> um, but, but I think that's something we should ask everybody, right? We should want to know other people's stories because people are more than the moment. They're more than our interaction with them, and they're certainly more than the dynamic in which we've known them. Maybe it was school, neighborhood, whatever. Every one of us has a story that shaped us for where we're at. Of course. So. That's probably my sweet spot. I Absolutely. love that part. It's a natural part for you. Yeah. And so here's the thing that I found is over the years when I ask people for that meeting and for their story, there's a moment of panic because they, they think to themselves, what am I supposed to share? And so I also will either in the moment as I'm inviting them into that meeting or I will tell them in the moment as we meet. Um, and it's my favorite to like sit down, grab your coffee and say, I'd love to hear your story. And then right before they begin to share, I will say the phrase, but let me go first. Oh. Why do I do that? I mean, I'm loving the vulnerability and it also kind of models what you want to hear from them. Exactly. That's exactly why you do it. Because like I'd mentioned, I think people get nervous. They don't know what 
they should share. They don't know how much they should share. Yeah. And so by going first, exactly like what you said, you give them a framework for how to share their story and what to share. So we walk away from that first meeting knowing each other and sometimes I like to say it like this, they, they can't not care about you anymore. Moving forward after that first meeting, there is something that connects to people and it moving forward changes everything. It does. That's right. And that is something that is so powerful. Mm -hmm. And there are so many people out there who feel like people don't really know them. A hundred percent. That's what's special about this is I think if we can be intentional, we go against the standard of the world. There's so many people <laughs> my age, I'll just throw that out there, that, that they don't have friends. They don't have friends like they once did. Yeah. And a lot of factors, right? We've moved or we've started a new job or we've gotten married or we have children or whatever the factors are, life begins to rob us of relationships. And the church, I think, needs to stand in that gap and be different. And that's a beautiful reflection of good discipleship, is saying, I value you and your story. I want you to be known. Okay, so in the first meeting, imagine this, you sit down with somebody, you maybe both have coffees, you're sitting at a table, maybe at a Starbucks or something. And uh, I just go over six things that talk about who I am. And I start with my town, I start with the dynamic of my hometown, where I grew up, what were, what were important things there, what was the culture like in my hometown. Uh, and then I talk about my family dynamic, who were my grandparents, who were my parents, what was the dynamic of my family as I was growing up as a kid in that environment. Uh, was I, and these are great times to talk about, were you raised by a single parent? Were you raised by grandparents? Were you adopted? Whatever those things are, it's a great place to just kind of get that out there. Very so people formative. know. Yeah, exactly, mm -hmm. they know some of that family dynamic. Then I talk about school, and I talk about uh, grade school and middle school and high school and even college and what that was like for me, uh, what I enjoyed about it, uh, what that experience uh, uh, had to do with my understanding of friendships and relationships. Uh, and then I talk about passions, and these could be areas like sports or groups or clubs that I was part of growing up, but also things that I've found that I really enjoy now, that I'm part of now. And after I talk about those things, those are very formative things that have helped shape me, I then talk about my faith story, and I keep it pretty simple. I talk about what my interaction with faith was like. Um, for me, I had some interaction as a younger child at a couple different church environments, but my faith became real for me when I was in high school. That's where I accepted Jesus. That's where I became baptized. That's where I had some transformational experiences that really set my life in a direction of followership of him, of Jesus. And then I talk about the very last one, number six, I talk about my family. I talk about Lisa. I talk about Elijah and Alina, I talk about uh, how important they are to me and how much I love them and things that make them really special. And then I end there. So those six things, town, family dynamic, school, passions, faith, and family, those allow me to share a lot of who I am in about 15 minutes, maybe 20 minutes. So Brittany, what did you not hear me share in that list? Hmm. The biggest thing that I saw was that after that 20 minutes of talking to you, I would feel like I knew you, and I love that. Absolutely. But there's a lot more to know about you. Yes. So it makes me want to get to know you more, and I'm intrigued, and there's a lot more to get to know. Yep. That's right. So you don't have to tell them everything. 
You don't have to give an hour life testimony. You're just giving them tidbits of these key things that make you who you are. And again, you're setting them up so they would know what to share in their story too. Sometimes when I'm sharing, I will actually write down those six areas and then slide it over and say, here's the areas that I talked about, giving them that same framework to share back with me. The one thing I didn't share that sometimes people pick up on is I didn't share any darkness, chaos, or sin in that first meeting. And the reason I do that is because those things come as we become more vulnerable with each other as we get more permission to share with each other. And I don't want to expect them to share that with me in that moment. I'm never afraid to share that, but I don't know if anybody else would be comfortable with that. So I don't go there yet. Yeah, I think that that's a really key, um, important thing to think about is, you know, it takes a time building and trust building. It takes trust to share those things. Absolutely. Yeah, vulnerability is not something that's just given right away. That's the framework for your first meeting. The second part that we were gonna talk about is the frequency of how often you should meet in a one-on-one environment. Um, I like to meet with somebody at least twice a month. That's kind of my goal. If you're meeting one-on-one with an apprentice that you're walking with. Okay, I wanted to clarify and I'm so glad you did. So this isn't just with anyone, but this is someone who you've had the ICU conversation with that Mm -hmm. you're doing the five steps of, you know, the, yes, exactly. And so one-on-one twice a month. I like that twice a month. I think that's a good frequency. It gives you the flexibility to back off and say, I only need to meet with them once a month, but it also gives you the flexibility to, to lean in and say, Hey, we need to meet more frequently in this season of life. And that could mean a number of, or be for a number of different reasons, because there may be something really intense you need to have conversations about on a regular basis. There may be chaos or pain going on in their life or mine, or um, maybe there's an intense season of whatever's going on and you wanna lean into that. And so it just gives you that flexibility. Now here's the other thing. So it's twice a month. I recommend only meeting for one hour because if you meet longer than that, you can set the precedent that that's how all the meetings are gonna go, especially in your first meeting. One thing that I've noticed is when I get into a, an intentional relationship, that person's on my mind more often. Mm-hmm. So I will send a message or I will send a, an email or, you know, so it is, it's, it's definitely more organic. It's not like I have to set myself reminders or something, but you know, the one-on-one is scheduled, you know, but the organicness of an actual relationship Organicness is not a word. I think it is. We just invented it. It's wonderful. Okay, Organicness. Yes. So Nick, just one other question. So I asked if, you know, the one-on-one was the only time that you talked to them. Mm-hmm. And we talked about how they're also on your mind, just naturally thinking about them. So you'll still send other types of communication mm-hmm. their way. Yeah. But where do you meet on these one-on-ones? Yeah, so I think there's a few things we need to think about when we talk about where. I mentioned the coffee shop dynamic, but it would be great if you thought through the environment in which you're going to have the conversation. Because not just, uh, coffee's great because you get to hold it in your hand, it's something simple you can do, but you, you should be in a place that's conducive to conversation. So if it's a super loud coffee shop, it's probably not the best place. Um, it needs to be public so that people feel comfortable with that. Uh, it should be comfortable and safe where they're not uncomfortable where they're sitting. 
Um, and it should be a place where they feel like they can enter into that space and not feel like they don't belong. Uh, sometimes when the weather's nice, so like a couple months a year in Chicago, uh, <laughs> you can go to a park or I like walking with somebody and, and doing something. I love going fishing with people, but not everybody likes to do that. Yeah, I really like the idea of going on a walk or just doing something low impact, but you're still doing something else. So it's not so intimidating and you're not just staring at one another. Because mm -hmm. that can be really intimidating. 100%. Location matters, the amount of, uh, the frequency of time that you meet and the amount of time you meet matters. We talked about that first meeting. The last thing I wanna talk about is what are the ongoing conversations we have? And sometimes people will come to me and say, well, my first meeting was great, but now what do I talk about? I like to talk about the RPMS. And that comes from the gauge on your car called the tachometer. And you know we have a speedometer, we can measure gas, there's all these things on our dashboard of our vehicle. The tachometer measures uh, the, the speed of your engine, how fast it's rotating inside your engine, which you're probably going, well, what does that have to do with ongoing meetings? Well, the RPMS is an acronym for uh, what I see in scripture, the way in which Jesus himself grew. As we look at Luke 2.52, it says that Jesus grew in four areas. He grew in wisdom and stature and favor with God and men. And so RPMS stands for relational, physical, mental, and spiritual. And I use those as a framework for how to talk to somebody about their entire life. And you may have even noticed, well, when we're meeting with somebody about their faith, shouldn't we just talk about spiritual things? But again, going back to everything in your life is part of your journey as a believer in Jesus. It's part of discipleship. That is so powerful. I can't get past that. Yeah, it's so important for us to realize it. And we, we oftentimes separate, oh, this is my spiritual life or this is, this is my whatever, relational life. But they are all part of your spiritual life. So I want to talk about all the areas. And so here's some relational questions. I'll just give a few here. But I have a whole bunch of them that I've written and you can download them on our site. And they're actually small enough that you could like put them in a, a little moleskin journal or something and carry them with you, which is what I always recommend. Hey, just stick those in, good starting points for you to have. So maybe second, third, fourth meeting, we have these, this one-on-one -on -one, and I would ask questions like this. Uh, what about your family life is going well? What would you like to change? Uh, who do you consider your closest friend? How is God using that relationship to grow you? Uh, is your family getting the best parts of you? Uh, do you have people in your life who will fill you up relationally? Are you spending enough time with them? And then I have several more. But those are the kinds of questions that I want us to ask when it comes to relationships. Because relationships can be life-giving, but they can also be life-draining. And so those are really, really important things to make sure we ask about. And the thing that strikes me about those questions is they are so intentional and you asking me those questions would make me feel so seen mm -hmm. and loved. And then when I actually give you the answer, heard. Yes. And that's exactly what the whole point of these meetings are. Is that's right. For that person to be seen, heard, and grow. Yep. And it's... Valuing what they actually experience. Yeah. Not just these general, hi, bye, how you doing, good. You know, it's more to that. Our lives are so much more to that. And how often do we have relationships that are like that? So let's talk about 
the three other areas, I'll give a couple other examples. So, so relational, physical, mental, spiritual. Let's talk about physical. Here's a few physical questions you can ask. Um, how is your work schedule? What does a good night's rest look like for you? Where's your energy level lately on a scale of one to 10? Uh, do you have healthy eating habits? Are you exercising regularly? And then there's other ones on that. Card Are you as well. trying to challenge people? <laughs> I'm feeling very attacked. Isn't, Isn't that interesting? <laughs> we don't usually ask people physical questions. Yes. Um, but these are good questions, again, to ask because I really do care about yes. you. And it's just getting to know somebody. But also, let's be transparent about those in our own life as yes. well. Super valuable. Yep. Okay, now the mental questions, because this is like... Oh, this is even worse. I know, it is. That's right. (laughs) So do we really want to ask this? So here's a few questions that I like to ask. And again, there's a number of them that you can download. But uh, what have you been learning lately from the worship classes, uh, your your huddle, your D group? What have you been learning lately in those spaces? Um, What does God want you to learn through the particular circumstance that you currently find yourself in? Uh, Have you read a book in the past couple months for the purpose of growing your knowledge or understanding? Do you regularly listen to a sermon or a teaching or any podcasts? Uh, Do you exercise your curiosity enough? So again, there's more questions on the card, but these are some starting questions for you. And you don't have to use these again, but these are great starter questions that I've used over the years that have proven to be really helpful and effective. And then the last one is our spiritual questions, which again, all of this is spiritual, but we want to be intentional with the kinds of questions we ask. So here's a few of those. Uh, do you feel confident with uh, who you are and what God has for you? How do you connect with God and do you do that regularly? Do you actually feel close to God? Are there behaviors in your life that are keeping you from being who God wants you to be? And then there's a number of other questions on there too. So those are some really good questions and resources that you can download right now and have accessible. But these are life-giving questions. You may only make it through one or two of, I mean, I shared Uh, over 20 questions just now, you may only make it through one or two of those that I shared in a single meeting because it creates beautiful dialogue between you and the other person about the circumstances you find yourselves in. Okay, so this is really great. And I love that we have a physical tool because I need that personally the way that I learn. So that's going to be super helpful for me. But when I was hearing you ask these questions, I was thinking, am I going to share my answers too, or is it just for them? That is, that's a great question to ask. Thanks for asking. Yeah, I think we'd be vulnerable as we ask these questions. We're also sharing where we're at with them. Otherwise, it feels like I'm a professor and you're a student, or I'm a, you know, I'm a doctor and you're or a psychologist. No, the point of this is let's do shared life together. Let's talk about how this looks in each of our lives. Because again, you're modeling discipleship. You're modeling leadership for them. You're giving them an example of what it looks like for them to do it with somebody else. Just to circle around and make sure that you don't miss. There is part one and this is part two. Mm -hmm. And so they definitely need to go together. So it's not an incomplete thought. So make sure you check out both of them. And Nick, thank you so much for sharing years of experience and just sharing your heart about loving people and making it easy for us to do it as well. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for hanging out with us and going through part two of our leadership training. Uh, As always, Brittany, thanks for hosting. It's been great. Thank you all for listening. Join us today. Subscribe to the podcast so you see it when they come out each and every week. We'll see y'all next time. See you next week.